Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at NYU. My name is Alejandra and I'm tonight's co-host, a junior from Lima, Peru, studying journalism and an RA at Senior House. And I'm Tom Ellett, your other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate VP of Student Affairs. Welcome, Alejandra. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. So what's it like to be an RA in Senior House this year? It's a great experience. We have a really diverse population. So I have students from everywhere studying all sorts of things. So I guess the most interesting part of my job is just learning from my residents. Mm -hmm. What was it like to transition from Lima, Peru, to here in New York City? Well, back home is also a big city, but definitely New York is really crazy, never stops. And that was a little bit of a shock at the beginning, but now I already got used to it. Do you you get to have any really good Peruvian food? Oh, yeah. There are so many Peruvian restaurants in the city. Yeah. My favorite one is around here. It's pretty good. It's called Baby Brasa. Okay. And I always get ceviche. Ah, okay. Yeah. My wife is from Argentina originally, so I'm always looking for Argentinian. There's not a lot of Argentinian restaurants in Manhattan. You have to actually go to Queens to get it. There's one over in the East Village, but that's about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know about that. Tell me a little bit about uh, the team. Sure. So we're only four RAs. It's a pretty small team. I believe is the smallest one of all. And it's definitely a pretty intimate experience because we are so tiny that we just like share everything with each other. It's really nice. We always have each other's backs and we try to support each other by going to each other's events or just being there if there's like a crazy phone call. We're always on duty. We help each other. What are you studying? I'm studying journalism and sociology. Great. What do you want to do with it? I think that my passion is definitely photojournalism, and I would love to work for National Geographic or AP or Vox or any multimedia platform that would be a good outlet for my creative ideas to be put in like a multimedia form. Excellent. Well, we have somebody who's done a little bit of that in a different kind of venue with film. Who's our guest tonight? Today our guest is Michelle Pomeroy, who served as RA in 7A from 2010 to 2011 for Tony Fingal, and then as a grad RA in Stytown from 2012 to 2013 for Melissa Davis and Giovanni. Welcome, Michelle, and thank you for joining us tonight. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. And where are you right now? At the moment, I'm in New York City. But during the year, I'm kind of located in other areas of the country and outside the country. So I'm here for the fall, and then I'll be here in the spring again. A world traveler. Michelle, it's so good to have you on. (laughs) We're going to hear about all your travels as we go through the podcast. But why don't you step back to Washington Square Village, What did you study while you were an undergraduate here? Okay, so in undergrad, I studied at the College of Arts and Science in Religious Studies was one of my bachelors, and then journalism, and specifically on the broadcast track. And then you stay, you came back. I did. For your grad school. I did, and fortunately, 
it was around the time that the BA MPA program started. So I was able to do a number of electives towards an MPA at NYU Wagner and then formally apply at the end of undergrad to be in NYU Wagner and come back and finish that graduate work after working for a year at NYU Abu Dhabi so that, you know, I can make money and then come back and spend it. (laughs) Wow. Lots of travels in there. That's awesome. Were you involved in any extracurricular activities? Yes. Undergrad, I actually had a lot of fun with the extracurriculars that I was involved with, and it was like really the way that I found community during undergrad. In a way, being an RA felt like it was. Also, I was involved with the NYU admissions ambassadors, and so even though it was a job, it also felt like a leadership role within the university, and a lot of the people that I worked with had that mindset as well. My favorite extracurricular, though, was being involved with the NYU ballroom and Latin dance team. So I was heavily involved in that through undergrad, got to go to weekend competitions, and it was just like a very fun, something that like involved my body and collaboration and just in a totally different way than like classwork or like more leadership oriented roles did. The NYU Presidential Scholars Program that I was part of in the College of Arts and Science had a fair amount of either community service type work that we did or just gatherings like different lectures and that type of thing outside of classes. And then I was involved with a program called Speak Up that I helped start in undergrad that worked on public speaking and like kind of like debate skills with young students in the surrounding area near the NYU campus area. So how did you fit in the RA role and why at that point in time? A huge incentive, probably two main reasons. One was definitely financial. So Mm -hmm. undergrad was, my parents were not involved on a financial front with my undergrad experience. They were heavily in my childhood, but when college came around, it was just an interesting time for my family. And so the RA work combined with working, combined with being in the scholars program is, is sort of how undergrad here worked out for me. So there was a huge incentive in just making it like a reality for me to be at school here. Um, And I also knew from my experience with the admissions ambassadors, some of the same types of students who were part of the RA program were the types of students that showed up for the admissions ambassador, which were just people who were really good at like following through, who really cared about NYU and like loved their time here. I knew some of the people who were involved in these various programs before. And so I knew that it would yet again be like another amazing network of other undergrads, like, which is true. They're still like great friends I have from that time. And it was um, an all around like really positive experience, even beyond the incentives Mm -hmm. of why it's so helpful as an undergrad student. Awesome. What do you think were the difference between being an undergrad RA and then a graduate RA? It was incredibly different because being at Stytown, I actually had a lot of PhD students who were from other countries who were involved in their programs here at NYU or less familiar with the city generally. So they were here in New York City for the first time in their lives. And by the time I was an RA in undergrad, I was dealing with upperclassmen. So they were more familiar with their city. Whereas when I was dealing with students during grad school who maybe have just moved here. They don't have a social network yet. They maybe haven't seen a lot of the city. And so the focus was much more about making the city feel like a home for them and giving them experiences that might take them into totally new experiences beyond the area around NYU. So I actually loved that. Um, And a a lot of those students were also probably pretty clear on where they were headed with their academic career 
So there was less like navigating some of those types of life choices or, and there was some level of like better substance control going on. So there weren't as many like health related crises that I was dealing with, with the grad school population compared with a younger population who's still, you know, navigating the right balance with how they're experimenting with just like the freedoms of being an undergrad. And so it felt like the nature of the challenges were different. And I'm also mostly dealing with a different age group too. So there's just different developmental phases going on. What did you gain from your time in those two roles that you actually use today? Mm, So many things. Let me kind of distinguish between the two though. In both roles, a skill set that I had to really pull on and expand was being able to show up your full self regardless of what personal challenges you might be going through. So as an RA in both times, in both of those years, there may have been a lot that you know I had going on, other RAs had going on their personal lives or stresses from class and other work where you have to put that aside. And when there's a commitment on an RA front, it has to come first because you know, if you have a student who has just passed out or who like really needs support in a particular moment, you can't put it off until later. And so both of those years, it was really like, you always had the other RAs to turn to for support, but really you needed, I had, you know, you have to, like when you're dealing with your residents, there's a, a line between how involved in your personal life they're going to get and like really showing up for them in that role and keeping that division of, being there for them and not so much involving the residents in anything that you have going on or using that as an excuse not to show up, even though they might be peers on an age front and within the NYU community otherwise. That's great. Thank you. So after you graduated from NYU, what were your career plans and how did they change afterwards? Oh, this gets, <laughs> this gets juicy. This was, um, when I, by the time I was leaving undergrad, I had shifted into maybe more of a rational mindset about things, even though I'd been largely guided more by intuition and enthusiasm when I was coming into undergrad, which led to a lot of great opportunities and really kept me going, even though I might have been totally exhausted at certain points, you know, through trying to take advantage of everything that was going on on the campus and going on beyond. And for a variety of factors, the closer I got to the end of undergrad, the more I started looking for the more practical route and the the route that made like the most sense and like not wanting to disappoint certain people who had supported me so much. And what I I will also, I call it the copy and paste effect, (laughs) but from applying to so many scholarships and applying into so many programs, just constantly repeating like personal mission statements and plans that I had over and over again as I progressed throughout undergrad and into grad school without really pausing and checking in with myself, like, am I fully in touch with who I am now, not who I was when I started this whole process and what I say that I care about and what I say that are my next steps in order to keep moving through this system that's supposedly linked to career success, to like having something that's going to be linked to like worthwhile change in the world, like all these different programs and scholarships and applications were great, but I was losing track of the honest 
place where I was at in terms of my values and what I was actually being drawn to by the time I was graduating. So there was definitely a version of myself that by the time I was leaving undergrad was much more geared towards international development and being involved with a big reason why I went to NYU Wagner and spe- like focused on the international policy and nonprofit management was because I I felt like it made the most sense given what I said I cared about and what the types of impact I wanted to make, even though from like late high school into school into undergrad, I knew I was very interested in like documentary content. I knew that I wanted to travel a lot. I knew I didn't want a life that was rooted in one location. And there's various things that impacted that, you know, like the relationship that I was in at the time, the friend circles I started to surround myself by, the types of mentors I had in my life. And it felt like I was just moving in this direction and pushing myself in a direction that wasn't really on on track. Long story short, there was some period of very, um, over the course of like the next three years after undergrad, a lot of transition, a lot of like inner angst, a lot of like soul searching. And at the end of all of it, there was a lot more clarity within myself of where I needed to move and what I needed to do. And a lot of really challenging decisions that had to be made. But at the end of it, I actually feel like I'm living a life that is very aligned with what I I value most beyond just like work definition like my life balance and where I spend time and how I spend time is much more true to who I am so career goals really kind of went all through a whole metamorphosis like during the years following undergrad but uh I'm like really happy with where things have ended up (laughs) that's great to hear you have traveled in Asia and you have traveled uh, all over the world it sounds like what is one of those travels that really helped impact the direction uh, that you are working in today? Probably one of my earliest trips uh, as a result of a research grant that I applied for in undergrad was the first time I traveled solo outside of the country. And that was my sophomore year. I was in India that summer. And even though it ultimately, it, it led to me being exposed to NGOs and nonprofits for the first time. So up to that point, I did view Um, journalism is the route that I was going to go and then when I saw that people were engaged in social issues in a way that was like much more direct and on the program side it was really fascinating and interesting to me that ultimately led to that whole like sidestep that I was referring to where I went into the nonprofit sector I went to grad school for that and even though I've ultimately veered back into doing work with organizations that do that type of work and documentary content I come at it with such a richer understanding of how different groups are approaching those diff- various social issues, different considerations that might be at play when you're trying to like cover an issue. It's much more complex than just like the random story you might stumble a- across. And so having that time where I was actually alerted to the fact there was even a nonprofit or NGO sector when I was an early undergrad, pursuing that for a while, I think has ultimately led to me being able to look at the work I do now like much more responsibly and with a, like, a learning mindset and an understanding of how important it is to really dig well beyond what something might look like on the surface level. Michelle, it's been great talking to you so far. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to jump into your current role and your experiences working in the production industry. We'll be right back. I hope you're enjoying the broadcast. 
My name is Matt Schulte, an NYU alum and former RA at Third North Residence Hall in 2010. I work in the Kansas City Royals marketing department and want to tell you how to stay connected to Royals baseball. To purchase individual tickets, go to royals.com. Group ticket packages provide the best prices with the most benefits. Go to royals.com slash groups if you're interested in bringing a group out to Kauffman Stadium. You can also check out our promotional calendar at royals.com slash promotion for a list of special events, giveaway items, and community events. Theme events serve as a great opportunity to attend a Royals game with others that share a common interest, and you can access unique Royals giveaway items. Visit royals.com slash theme tickets for our theme ticket list. You can also keep up with player and team news by signing up for the Royals Report, a weekly email that you get. You can sign up at royals.com. And finally, you can follow the Royals on social media to get behind-the-scenes looks, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter. Make sure to stay connected with us. And go Royals! Welcome back, Michelle. Uh, we've just heard about some of the experiences while at NYU. Now let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now today. Tell us what you're doing. Right. So now I run Bellyfire Productions. It's a creative studio, does both video and photography, working with social impact organizations, typically foundations, nonprofits, as well as working on short-form documentary content, most typically with NBC and CNN are the two outlets that I, I do work with on that front. And yeah, it's been a big learning experience. And, and I'd say in the last of the last four years in the company, the last two have been really exciting. It's when the pieces of the puzzle really started falling in place and it actually made sense <laughs> to be doing what I'm doing now. So what was your first production job? In undergrad, I did several internships, which is actually what really turned me off to the industry. But then there was a massive shift to what we have today, which is so much more online content and short form that's created by you know, freelancers and digital teams across a lot of major news networks. I worked with NBC, ABC Nightline, I think was the very first, and it was back before you could just send off interviews and have them transcribed. And so I had to like just type every word that was said off all of these like hundreds of hours of interview. And I decided this is terrible. <laughs> what am I doing? But it was a paid internship, so that's how I justified it at the time. And yeah, I'm just I'm grateful we live in a in a time now within production where uh, things have moved along on a technological front. So what does a producer do? When I'm acting in a producer role, it's really, I mean, I should be clear, a lot of the productions that are smaller, it might be like a crew of two to four people. I'll be in more of a director producer role. So it's really mapping out the creative vision with the client and then making that happen. And so everything that's happening in the lead up to the day of an actual production where cameras are rolling, that would be in my wheelhouse to have the logistics established, having like the, and, and if we're working with like an impact partner, really working through creative strategy from the get-go, like what are we trying to accomplish here? Who's the audience? Um, what messaging do we most want to elevate? And then coming up with a production plan from that and moving forward into the production with a cinematographer, a sound recorder, depending how large the crew is, that could expand. Mm -hmm. But it, it's, uh, 
in our client relationships, it largely looks like that role of bringing everything together. Whereas when I'm working with producers or producing for a digital news outlet, a producer might even be on camera. The term might be used for somebody who's like creating and establishing the story, making all the leads happen, figuring out the logistics, and then maybe conducting the interviews, etc. In a series that I produced for NBC, it was going after all of the potential leads and then actually creating a vision for each one of the episodes, mapping that out, mapping out the logistics, and then making the production happen. That's awesome. So what work are you the most proud of as today? A piece that I'm most proud of is a piece that I worked on last spring, um, winter and spring, about alternatives to incarceration for mothers. And I was proud of it because there were some challenging circumstances around the filming. And it was one of these moments where I had to really just roll and capture things, even if I wasn't able to capture them. I was the cinematographer on the project, maybe the way that I would have wanted to with all the time in the world. Um, But rather than getting too absorbed in that fear, just like staying focused on the project, um, going, trusting my instinct on how to capture particular moments, and it worked out really well. And it was like a wildly successful project in terms of views. And so for me, it kind of brought together not only getting to do something that I love and something that is challenging. When I act in the role of a cinematographer, there are times where it makes me really uncomfortable because there's a lot. I'm in charge of both the cameras and the audio on shoots like that. So anything that's not functioning exactly how it should or captured how it should, I'm like the one person who would be to blame if that didn't work out. And it was difficult access on some of these stories. But also, so it was not only like rising to the challenge on that front, but also being involved with something that I feel like could impact Um, that could create real change because it gets people thinking about are there different ways that we can work with families who are impacted by incarceration in ways that are less detrimental to the family unit in the long run. And so having those two worlds come together of like feeling challenged in the work that I'm doing, but also feeling like I'm contributing to a larger conversation Um, and then to have it reach the number of people it did. I think it was around 4 million or something like that. It felt like really good there's other projects that were like sources of pride for other reason but I really was so grateful for a moment where those things came together in one experience so how does an independent production company find work oh lordy (laughs) are you hitting the pavement making phone calls well for me I approach production a lot like other things in my life which is really leaning into networks and having strong relationships with people regardless of if they go anywhere and like view it more of just having rich relationships in my life and sometimes the most unexpected individuals will be the ones that like connect me with some great organization and next thing I know some person I had a great conversation with in a coffee shop is linking me to a project that is a great fit for what we do other times it's people from my Wagner community because at one point I was going to school with the people who are very much the individuals working in programs or communications at this point inside of organizations. Uh, So it's keeping networks strong. I'm not one who relies a whole lot on social media, which you'll probably be able to tell if you look at my social media accounts for work. It's, It's more about just maintaining human relationships and there's probably better strategies out there, other strategies people use, but that's up to this point actually been really effective. So what advice do you have for graduating RAs that want to become producers? If they know specifically they want to be producers, 
I'm going to address a little bit more maybe somebody that knows they want to be in this industry, but they don't know exactly what role. I think getting as much experience as you can with the various dimensions of production, so editing, filming, pre-production, like expanding experience, getting examples of work as quickly as you can so that you can earn people's trust by showing that you have created things. Those are that's going to get you the furthest. Like I've had very I've had people work for us before that are very new, but you can tell they've been hustling and now they're trying to like really learn the process and the skill sets and I'm I'm willing to take risk on people that seem like they're out there putting in the extra effort to get their skill set solid and I think a lot of production companies are. And so giving yourself a chance to like learn the various skill sets too will like enhance you're, like if you do some editing, you're going to be a better producer because you're going to ultimately know what's needed to make an edit work in the long run and like vice versa. So getting a broad a range of experience first and then narrowing in on what you really love and creating examples of that so that that's the thing that you end up getting hired for. How do you know a story is worth telling? Hmm. I don't know if I've mastered that. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that... It's important to look into like the larger ecosystem of coverage on topics and really critically think like what is this going to add to the conversation. Um, sometimes a story just because it seems compelling, it's a time to also pause and be like, what message am I ultimately send by covering this? And so it's really a case by case basis. And again, I base a lot on my level of enthusiasm for something, which again, this is gonna be like very personal and it's not to say it's the right story, but if I feel a degree of like inner enthusiasm about working on a story for me that's probably a good story to work on versus forcing myself to work on a story that I don't feel I really care about because it's ultimately like an injustice to that story and so I think keeping some type of inner compass on if you're the right person to tell a particular story or be involved with it is a helpful differentiator and then also like really to critically think like, what is it adding to the space, if anything? Or is it adding something that ultimately isn't good to add to the conversation? And as a follow-up, it, it seems like the world of documentaries are really, you know, blowing up with all of these Netflix channels and all these places. Is that real out there? I mean, is that what consumers want? People who want to watch things, that's what they want to hear, the stories? Or they want to be entertained? It seems less entertainment, more mm. real life. Uh, mm-hmm. I... This is probably a great question for someone who works in marketing inside of like Netflix okay. or something, but there is for whatever reason like a much bigger market for doing documentary work at this. It's definitely having its moment, you know, to docu-series, short form docs, like it's definitely having its moment. I don't know if it'll last, but I'm very willing to be involved with it while it is here because it interests me more than doing something that's narrative. So, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure Awesome. So shout out time. Do you still stay in contact with any other RA alums? I do. Um, I'm going to give a big shout out to Jen Lashansky, uh, best friend, and also recently a maid of honor for me, and Nick Jensen and Cesar Francia, who were both involved with the wedding as well. So they're the types of friends that 
honestly, they did overlap with other activities in undergrad too. I could go on and on. There's um, there's plenty of other people I've stayed close to. Those three definitely come to mind. And congratulations. Great Thank pictures you. on the wedding. Really happy for you. <laughs> More to come. And on a farm. I know. That was my childhood farm. I, I know. Yeah. And, and the horse? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, it, it's now time for Spreed Round. Okay. Where we're going to ask you some questions and give you some fast answers to it. What was your favorite tradition at NYU? This is probably not a tradition I should be like touting, but one of my favorite traditions, again, terrible. And the reason I didn't do an internship my like senior spring of undergrad was going to the 13th step on Wednesday nights. And I don't know why we did that. And I don't know why we frequented that particular bar, but that was, I don't know if it's an NYU tradition, but it was a random and hilarious RA tradition that- uh, She was legal at the time. I, I was, I was, I definitely was. <laughs> did you go abroad? I did. I went to, as a journalism and religious studies student, I was part of the inaugural group that went to Tel Aviv. Mm. And then you worked in Abu Dhabi for a year as well. I did work in Abu Dhabi for a year. Favorite NYU professor? Professor Alex Gardner. He taught a Tibetan Buddhism course that I took in the religious studies program and has like remained a mentor throughout my career up to this point. Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? Oh, goodness. So, uh, again, having grown up in rural Kansas, I had never had a celebrity spotting before. I was hanging out with a very good friend at the time and uh, at a little restaurant just north of the park, and Cameron Diaz was there. And I just about passed out. And this, this particular individual had lived in the area for a long time and was like really trying to calm me down because apparently it was socially unacceptable for me to do something like go up and say hi. But it blew my mind. And I'm pretty sure that's one of the only celebrity sightings I ever had. Finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? I think... For me, the like the love. I don't. This isn't like a particular experience, but something that really stuck out for me was the degree to which the RAs really like came around me when I was dealing with um, my mom having cancer for the second time, and like that really stood out to me. It really, like when I think about the RA family, like that was there was so much going on beyond that at that moment. It was everything hitting at the same time. That was just huge. Like that that period and the level of comfort I felt when I came into like RA meetings at that particular time with all the other chaos going on. Yeah, it was just awesome. Yeah. It was... And it's a special thing, I think, what the RAs can talk about, that community of RAs. So I'm glad you had it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was awesome listening to your story. Michelle, thank you so much for spending some time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. As always, thank you to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living the Dream School alumni version life. Michelle, you are a wonderful human being. And one of the things I remember about you is your smile, your passion, and your drive, and you still have it today. Thank you for thank sharing you, it with us, truly. Thank you, Tom. Absolutely. Special thanks to our engineer, Colin McRae, our executive director, Duncan Lemieux, and our executive producer, Shahara Ranasang, and to the current professional staff and the alums like Tony and Melissa, who assisted these great RA alums in skill acquisition along their journey. If you like the show, look for more content on our new NYU RA alumni website at where-ra-now.webflow.io, which lists RA favorite books, picks of all your all-time favorite RA memories, which you can send in now, RA accomplishments, and ways to become better mentors. Until next time, be committed to the things that you want to accomplish in life, and they will happen. Thanks so much.